I've just been collecting comic books since I was like eight years old. Okay. And I had a mission to get every single Marvel comic book ever published in the Silver Age. We did Braveheart, won an Academy Award for Braveheart. Dang. Gladiator, Glory, won an Academy Award for Glory. Oh. I was the chairman of the parent company that started MySpace. What does it mean to, to moderate content? Yeah. It went from this thing that's you know centralized, albeit private, to this thing that's like completely self you know owned by the people that are running it. Look for blockchain communities or look for knitting communities if that's your thing, because mm. we've got Space Monkeys blasting off the couple guys from MeWe. We have Jeffrey Edel. He's the chairman and CEO of MeWe, and Mark Liu. He's the head of product. Very lucky to have you both here. Welcome to Space Monkeys. Pleasure Thank you. To Great here. to be here. Very nice. See you again. Yes, sir. We did. Uh, we did meet you on. Uh, you kind of crashed our interview with Braxton. Though. I apologize for that. He's good for that. That's okay. That's okay. You know what? It actually turned out really well. Good. Back. Well, he crashed this one. So yeah. That's <laughs> there good you go. Too. So you know, let's see how this goes. All right. I was very intrigued with uh, your frame there. You were covered in comic books there. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what was happening there? Oh, you mean you're talking about my background? Your or? background, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always get those questions because people think it's fake. Everybody right. has these fake environments, but mine's real. Okay. I've just been collecting comic books since I was like eight years old. Okay. And I had a mission to get every single Marvel comic book ever published in the Silver Age. And I accomplished all that by 2000. Silver Age goes from like 1959 all the way till like 1969, in that range. I wanted all those, but I accumulated everything that Marvel ever published to 2000. And then I wanted to meet Stan Lee, do something with Stan, yeah. and I had a chance to introduce him at Comic-Con one year. So I went wow. from collector, showing Stan my comics, partnering with him, and then introducing him at Comic-Con. How many people in the world have this sort of collection, like a full Silver Age collection? Nobody. Nobody, it's just you. Yeah. First editions, everything like that? First editions, everything, yeah. That is stellar. It's funny, people get Academy Awards and all these other things that are a big deal. Yeah. I got a comic collecting award from CGC Corporation t two years ago. An award. So it was the number one collection in the world at do, that time. And do, that's, now I could die. Now, you, now you're done. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you have okay. any favorites to stick out? Yeah, good question. Yeah, he's supposed to ask me the questions. No, but let's, yeah. I, I, let's oh, take it over here. Okay, so, good. Yeah. There you go. Jeffrey Adele, welcome to my show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is the Lou interview. Um, yeah, no, my probably my favorite is Silver Surfer. That's probably my favorite. And then I like a lot of villains as well. Magneto is pretty cool. And then, of course, your standard Spider-Man. Everybody likes Spider-Man. Are you a fan of the, uh, the film versions of these characters? Yeah, I think they've done a really good job of sticking to the way the comic books are, which right. is great. No, there's just so much content out there. I know. It's unlimited to the direction they can go with Infinity Wars and Civil War and all that stuff. Yeah, fantastic. I just saw uh, part three of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, did you? Did yeah, you like it? It was amazing. It was a riot. I saw it with my young niece, and she's a mega fan. That's cool. She cried for the last 30 minutes, but it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I think probably some of the sarcasm and the humor is a little different than the comic books. Sure, some of that. right. Okay, and just to wrap this up, you have a lot of experience in Hollywood and films as well, right? I grew up in New Jersey, always wanted to go to Hollywood, and actually, even though I was a CPA and the business side of things, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time that was a casting director. Mm. I wanted to be an actor. So I would always bounce between the creative 
the business side of Hollywood and then into tech, and that's how I wound up here. Wow. But uh, I've, I've enjoyed the entertainment world for a long time. Absolutely. It's, uh, run a number of entertainment companies. I could tell you some of those if you're interested. And sure, yeah. Some of the characters. I was president of a company called Soundelux Entertainment Group, and I was there for about eight years or so, and we worked on all the big films. We did Braveheart, won an Academy Award for Braveheart. Damn. Gladiator, Glory, won an Academy Award for Glory. Oh. Uh, we, did, we got 50 Emmys, actually did a, won a Grammy with Bill Clinton, did Bill Clinton's audiobook. So won a Grammy there. Wow. That was fun. Um, Incredible. And then you know worked at a bunch of different production companies, acted in a couple movies as well, acting on this show. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It all kind of goes together. Well, thanks very much for uh, landing here on uh, on Space Monkeys. What an origin story, Mark. Um, um, what about you? Yeah, uh, nowhere near as exciting. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Started off in the academic world. Did uh, worked about three years of a PhD in sociology. Yeah. Got seduced over to the website. This was actually during the days of like Friendster, right before MySpace took off, if I can kind of put a mark in time there. Sure. Uh, so we moved to LA and uh, started working the startup scene there and was actually fortunate enough to kind of ride that wave. So I worked in a multitude of startups there, all kinds of industries from automotive to healthcare, to entertainment, consulting, digital agencies, launched dozens and dozens of products from APIs to mobile apps and everything like that. I had lots and lots of fun, but never got to build a social network. So, and gotcha. I hired a guy that doesn't know social media. Aren't I smart? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you were in, you were into MySpace as well for a while there, right? What was your role? Yeah, I, what was your role over there? I was the chairman of the parent company that started MySpace. So, were you the chairman before they started MySpace, or yes. did you take? Oh, so yeah. what was that like? It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, Krista Wolf, Tom, people are going around the table saying, "Who's going to be your friend?" Tom is a shy guy. He goes, all right, fine, I'll do it. And he wound up being the most popular guy on the internet, right? Right, right. Chris was the CEO of the company. They had a company at that time called Response Base, but they just wanted to be left alone in our building down by the airport, do their own thing. They wanted their own space. And so we, I helped make the deal to sort of keep them around. And then we launched MySpace, took off like crazy and yeah. until Facebook uh, took our legs out from under us. When did it kind of click for you, this MySpace idea? Because I'm sure when they were coming to you originally, it, it was a fairly new concept that they were Well, social media right? didn't really exist. Yeah. People could claim they started it. Scott Sassa, who used to work, I believe at Sony, uh, started a company called Friendster. Yeah. And Friendster was getting some traction at the time. This mm -hmm. is early 2000. Yeah, yeah. And he actually came to me and said, we want to buy MySpace. Mm -hmm. But we were flying and you could see the trajectory of, of the network effect of growth. Sure. So we believe we're the true beginners of social media at, at any scale level. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody references Friendster anymore in rap songs or anything like that, no, right? No, 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 not, no, Yeah. Very interesting. So, but you, you saw the potential of social media at that I time. I can't claim that I'm smart enough to know we knew what we had. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know what we had. We just thought Chris and Tom and all the guys that were involved, were five of them, we're really bright people, yeah. so we wanted to keep them at Intermix, which was the name of the company. And we just made a deal to keep them and give them big equity in MySpace, and the rest is history. They became very wealthy. So that's interesting, because MeWe kind of seems like this um, antithesis or this answer to what became of social media. Uh, what was the journey, uh, from your point of view, of social media to this sort of 
Uh, we talk about like surveillance economy and there's a lot of negative health effects of using social media now. Well, remember, I've had two rodeos, right? So 20 years ago, gray hair, I had the rodeo of MySpace to see what the beginning of social media around your artistic desires, music and showcasing yeah. that. I mean, that yeah. was the that was Customizing the, catch, the page. Customizing and, the page and yes. all that. But you had a real direct influence and impact on your group, the people that followed you. Yeah. Listening to your music, a lot of bands were discovered, a lot of artists were discovered on MySpace. And then yes. I got a chance to go out of tech and back into producing films and the entertainment side until the knock came on the door to come back in with MeWe a couple, two and a half years ago. Uh -huh. And then uh, the reason why I came back in is because I saw how social media was negatively impacting everyone, society. I was causing you know, a whole divisive nature, especially with kids, political divisions. A Republican on the right couldn't even talk to a Democrat anymore. And with this whole surveillance economy and what was going on in Facebook and Twitter and, and so on, they would sap your mind and your attention and you would lose your ability to like exist in a normal world with people. Yeah. And so I thought if I could come into a platform now with my entertainment background, the way things have converged with entertainment and tech, make it an attractive, entertaining platform, didn't really know about the Web3 side at that mm. point in time, mm -hmm. but just so we could sort of bring it back to its roots. Cool. And MeWe, in its roots, was always privacy, no ads, prior founder made a case of saying, you know, no BS, yeah. there's no amplification. So there couldn't be an idiot that jumped up on a platform and because, because it was fear related, racist related or yeah. whatever, get amplified. It couldn't, can't happen on MeWe. Mm -hmm. You have to exist based on the viability of the concept that you're trying to put out there. And so I thought it was a good platform to move forward with and take a shot to try to change the world. That was the thing that drew me to MeWe as well, is like what you said, there's change in the world. Of course, it's you know, such a big, big concept. Like, what does it mean to change the world? Yeah. But if we can affect it in one really small way, right? Like, leave, this, leave behind something that we can be proud of, something that we could say, oh, to my kids, say, yeah, you can get on MeWe, like, because we built it. Like, I know what goes into it. It's not this place that's built off of you know, like hatred and spreading of all this misinformation, if we can say that with confidence and at the end of the day, like we've, we've done something, we've done something important, I feel like, that we can say, okay, hey, come over here, come back over here. Like we're using technology for this purpose of connecting people. Remember when that happened? Like, remember when that happens? Yeah. Okay, like let's keep doing that, right? right like, let's right. use technology for this force of good. Hmm. From your point of view, uh, you study sociology. Yeah. Where do you think we went wrong? Well, the first thing that actually comes to mind, not necessarily sociological, it's uh, just the business models. Right, where the incentives yeah. are tied to just the driving of engagement due to like whatever it is, right? And so I'm not gonna like I'm not saying anything new there, but I think that's really in principle like you know the the, the original sin. The other challenge that I see like from uh, if I were to take a sociological perspective uh, is that it, like what it did is it's like amplified this concept of the other, right? Where you know we have close knit groups that sort of like form, and if you think back like thousands and thousands and thousands of years when we were more of like tribal and clan-based societies, stranger comes in with their pelts from others, you know, some selling their wares. Like you have to be a little bit distant because you're not sure if that's who this person is until they earn their trust, right? So there's something that, that's sort of like kind of wired within us in order to like have this separation of groups. 
um, in a certain way, uh, that gets amplified, right? Within within like the groups that get formed, uh, and then that you start like kind of like what Jeffrey was saying earlier, like if you throw politics into the mix, like you just sort of keep butting heads into each other. Uh, and, and if you don't do things the right way, like you don't build these the systems in a way where you encourage the actual healthy conversations among one another, then you build up those echo chambers that everybody keeps talking about, right? Plus, there's something fundamentally wrong. If you think about in the entertainment world, you create content. You're creating content right here. You own it. We sign it away, you own it, you can leverage it, advertising and so on. But on social platforms, your social graph, everything you've created, 100,000 followers, a million followers, you can't take it with you in the Web2 world. Right. It's really owned by Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is. But you've spent the time. Well, how in the entertainment world can you write a script, you write a book, create a television show, movie, you own it, and then here in this world, you don't, you can't. Yeah, so interesting. this fundamental change by moving to Web3 in the blockchain will start enabling people, to enable you to put the social graph and the ownership of your content back in the hands of the users. Yeah. That's where it should be. Absolutely. Beautiful. All right. Well, let's talk about what's coming in a second. But I'm curious because you said you were called upon about two and a half years ago to take over this position at MeWe. When you looked at the company and you looked at the user base or the member base, um, what were the assets you saw? What, what, what did you see that you could work with? Well, that's a controversial question Is because it? when I walked in the door, there was no marketing department. Ah. There was no product department per se. Everything was, there were two or three people in the admin side, everything else was on the tech side. So it was real tech focused. So one of the things that I wanted to do was turn the company sort of upside down. The tech had to be right, yeah. but I wanted it to be more product driven and marketing driven. And so one of the inspirations of bringing Mark in, we were fortunate enough to bring him in, is that we now actually have a lead in product as we split it apart from technology. So I saw that opportunity. In terms of the platform itself, there was, since there was no marketing department per se, they relied upon world events and disenfranchised groups ah. to bring on the platform. Yeah, okay. And there was a little bit of a negative connotation that ran in 2018, 19, 20, uh, where even my wife said, why are you going to that platform? There's some negativity associated with it. Uh, and I okay. said, no, 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 I'm going to change all that. Yeah. Because we're not necessarily, I wouldn't say like a full free speech platform, but if you say free speech, you can attract people that are too far right or too far left. Right. And the platform was picking up disenfranchised groups that got kicked off other platforms that were maybe too far to one side. Uh, I see. So I see. what we've been trying to do, and one of the opportunities was, everybody should have a voice. Just be respectful, responsible. Frances Hogan, you know, from the whole Facebook side of the world, the whistleblower of that case, she showed this at like 62% or so of the neo-Nazi groups that were formed on Facebook were because of algorithms that targeted individuals and got them into those groups. We don't want to do that. Yeah. So I saw privacy where people's data was private, very concerned about that. Who wants to, your birth date and your social security number and your email address and have Alexa call you up at night or something or your television talk to you? People deserve their own privacy. So I thought the platform we could bring back to its base 
of the way social media should operate. Yeah. The fact that there were hundreds of thousands of groups of the interest, we could leverage that with the right product people. The f I knew that we can grow the infrastructure of the company to really turn it upside down, like I said, where it's product and marketing focused. Yeah. That was important. And then I thought at some point I could bring an entertainment flair to it. So it's not something that's just driven by a tech CEO, it's driven by a CEO that lived in two worlds. Okay, thanks very much. Go I ahead, walked Mark. into this situation kind of knowing exactly um, what was going on because yeah. I had a you know, really good onboarding experience you know, with Jeffrey and, um, and the other members of the team. Uh, and it's, it really struck me as like, wow, like how much hard work and dedication went into building all of the infrastructure, the scalability, and even the interactions. Like taking something that's inherently social and then putting it digitally is very difficult to get the inter interactions right. And so the level of care that went into it from the engineering team up until I started it was really like a gift. I looked at it that way. Like I came into this situation with this wonderful platform that I could then really sort of like help and shape in a way that you know we could we could think about. Okay, well, what does it mean to empower people? How do we take this tool set and apply it to different communities and give it to people in a way that they could use to empower themselves in in a way that like was driven that was like even self-supporting, right? So we know a lot of these like the primitives on um, uh, on Web three and so-called um, blockchain technologies that allow people to like build a living out of it, right? Like things that you're doing as well. Like, you know, why can't we, why can't we take all of this technology that we, we had created up until now and point it in that direction? That's where I see like a lot of the, the power coming out of the, the things that we've been doing. Fantastic, so yeah. what are some major parts of the products that you've really turned around that you're proud of? Uh, so so the, the group's aspect of it is a, is a really big one. Right. Uh, content moderation as well. So huh. essentially like, most of social media, what I'm learning is content moderation. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but hmm. that's a, like a, a, a huge, huge segment of this. And so what does it mean to, to moderate content? Yeah. Right? So there's like a very, very sticky, you know, slippery slope that you have to go mark. So you got to start first by like creating rules. And this is not something I did. I'm just things that the team has done that I'm trying to help kind of bring to the fore. It's like, well, okay, what are the rules here? What like, what, can we make them black and white? Right? Can we make things that are enforceable? And can we make things that are, well, okay, a little subject to like, discussion perhaps, right? So these are things like, you know, that, that, that are very important, I think, to like a well-functioning uh, social network. It's a good content moderation system. The other side of it is understanding like what people want within the community, right? So Jeffrey had mentioned this, you know, over 600,000 communities that have been created to date. That's a lot of people doing a lot of, like sharing a lot of information in a lot of different ways. So what kinds of tools can we, can we give to those folks? Yeah. Can we provide to them like on the content moderation side? Uh, on the connection side, can we leverage things that are coming down, like for example, AI is a, is, you know, is a, is a hot button issue or people that are talking about it a lot right now. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of power that we can, we can leverage from that to connect people to like-minded folks or even new things to broaden horizons. So that's another aspect that we're looking into. Uh, and then within the, the next couple of days, the, the team's been working super hard on kind of rebuilding the, the, uh, the paradigm of, of which we interact and kind of follow each other. So we, we call it the followers model, but it's nothing really new. Uh, it is a complete rewrite, though, of our of our architecture to um, open up a little bit more. Um, we've perhaps erred a little too much on the side of privacy, where we now want to give people, with the appropriate amount of control, the ability to open up and build a following, right. build an audience within okay. within the community. So happy to uh, say that that's uh, actually coming out pretty soon. So, when did Web three drop into the picture? So, I was maybe three months into the job. Okay, and I wanted to grab some capital at that point. I was told that we had adequate capital. And I noticed, well, I needed capital to hire great people to market the site. 
but as I told you, I was finding out some of the issues within the platform itself that we've resolved. And I thought, we really don't want to be competing head on with to be the anti-Facebook per se. Yeah. That's really a negative marketing approach. Right. So what else out there could maybe attract capital where I can jump over the competition, mm. given the fact that our model is a subscription model, not an advertising model. Yeah, yeah. And literally, one of the shareholders just sent me an article. Did you see this thing called Project Liberty? So mm. this was March, April of two years ago. Yeah. And I read it, and that day, I got in touch with Braxton Woodham over at McCourt's company yeah, yeah. that day. And by seven o'clock that night, we were getting together, getting ready to get together to talk about maybe there's an opportunity to do something together in Web3. Do you also see embedding uh, payment and monetization rails throughout the platform as well eventually, or? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, right now, the excitement of being on Web3 for an individual that they get their universal handle. Like they're the first one to get a, a really cool Web3 address, if yeah. you will, because yeah. it's the beginnings, right? Yeah. And to have that address usable throughout, interoperability there. So that's interesting, to be able to start to build your own social graph mm. on this new Web3 platform that you're gonna own and control, not, not us. Mm. So that's really interesting. Within, there's all sorts of really interesting monetization strategies that Mark and I have discussed, and obviously with Braxton and those guys, you know, NFT group monetization, reward systems within groups, uh, creating our own currencies, if you will, NFTs, so there's a lot of that that's in discussion right now. Yeah, yeah of course. The, the first step really is just to, like Jeffrey was saying, is to clean your space, right? Yeah. Create that space and then as we start to add on things in the coming weeks and months, as we start to add on control over your own data, control over your own graph, uh, control over where you want to store that within different types of wallets. You know, these kinds of things all build on this initial first step. Right, and so like we're we're we're, at, we're welcoming everybody to come in the front door, uh, you know, say say hello, claim your handle, and then join us for the ride because it's going to be a lot of steps. What what's really humbling and and at the same time like really empowering to me is like taking this thing, this this you know this Web two company, and start to like really slowly pull it apart. Yeah. Like where where can we start to to expose things to to everybody else? Where can we start to open things up a lot more? And then what does that process look like over the next twelve months where we can kind of like really say like, oh yeah, now we're a decentralized social network. Yeah. We went from this thing that's, you know, centralized, albeit private, into this thing that's like completely self, you know, owned by the people that are running it. You said yeah. something to me earlier in there that's pretty novel. What Mark was saying to me is, remember we talked about owning your own content? And I yeah. gave you that analogy earlier uh, about how in the entertainment world they own it, but in the social media world, Give the company away. owns it. Yeah. it you could take these communities that people are building and turn them into an NFT. And cool. now you have an asset there. So you have a big community, a following of your program. You build it into hundreds of thousands, turn it into an NFT, you could sell. It's like selling a business. Oh, interesting, very good. He could talk more about that than I yeah, can because it's his idea. Well, it's you know, it, <laughs> it's notion of ownership, right? So you encompass that within an NFT itself because the groups right. are unique inherently. Build IP, build an audience. Exactly. Build it, build a catalog. Exactly. Yeah. So we would provide you with the, the means to be able to exchange this. And it turns out this is actually already happening on Fantastic. MeWe. It's like it's happening in droves. So people will seek out 
groups just in order to become administrators or to actually take over these groups. Yeah. Right. And so there's like there's there's a lot of value in 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 the ownership aspect of it. So why not like empower these people not only to own it but to then make something of it themselves. Right. So I could issue first edition of these episodes and Jeffrey could collect them. That's there right. That's the yeah. idea, right? Yeah, right yeah. on my shelf. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Or you, you know, we can build the Kusumerian community. Yeah. And then in a, like that community in and of itself, that entire group encapsulated in an NFT. So where we are right now with the Kusumerian community on, on WeMe is we have our handle. We claimed our handle. And now we're, we're posting our, our content. So where to from here? The, well, the biggest push right now is to get everybody on to the, the, the get a handle for everybody. Right. So, you know, Jeffrey mentioned it was 20 million over the lifetime, right? So yep. all these, this, this requires a lot of work and a lot of focus for us to build the, the ability to reach out to those folks and get them to, to create that handle. So we see that as, a, you know, it's going to go on for a while, but at least for the rest of the year, yep. that's the main focus of that. Okay. All right. Uh, at, the, at the end of this year, we're looking at expanding uh, supports for different types of wallets, right? So, um, you know, bring your own wallet type of endeavor, right? But the, the nature of uh, what we're doing here with DSNP and, and frequency is a little bit different. And so the support for that is going to kind of have to be built in to the different wallets. And so we, you know, we're looking for you know partners in this area to kind of work with us to to be able to, to bring their technology and to to, to pair it with uh, what's happening over in Frequency, so that there's far more choice, right? There's a lot more choice. People can bring their own wallets, store their social data wherever they want to store it, right? It's up to them. And at that point, then that opens up a lot more, right? So in terms of like supporting things for NFT, you know, supporting transactions, uh, you know, th those kinds of things. So that's. From there and beyond, like once we have uh, support for wallets, then we can open up the aperture to see like what kind of markets we can create within the application. Right, right. It's a gra it's a gradual transition. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. A moving a nation kind. Yeah, of. exactly. Yeah. And along the way, you know, our goal is just to listen. Like, okay, well, what would you like us to build? Like, okay, yeah. how do we match that up with the greater cause? Right. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And I, I did notice exploring the groups on MeWe that some of the biggest groups are about cryptocurrency. So you do have an Very appetite active. for this yeah. uh, with the user base already. Yeah. Interesting. What would you guys recommend for new users who just claim their space on MeWe? How do you get involved with the community? What's the best way to interact with the members who are already there and uh, make yourself known? You know, we're, we're community-based is the biggest one, right? So um, if, if your friends aren't already on there, um, then just look for, like you said, like look for cryptocurrency communities, look for blockchain communities, or look for knitting communities if that's your thing, because mm. we've got it, right? So wow. find those people, introduce yourselves, and you'll find actually that it's actually like very welcoming. Right? These people take a lot of care. For example, one of the things that I love, there are a multitude of uh, community-run MeWe help groups where anybody can join and just ask whatever help questions you need. And these are power users that just dedicated their, their time to helping others get on board. So gotcha. it's a very welcoming place. And There's it's, a place to start. Yeah, exactly, very yeah. Nice. It's really exciting stuff. And since we uh, started posting about you guys, and um, encouraging people to sign up to the Web3 thing. We have had multiple members from our community sign up oh, and cool. uh, find uh, my personal account on. We haven't really grown the Kusama group yet, but we just got reinstated there. We just got back on board there. So yeah, we're looking to, to see what we can do here. And You know, you can have a, a page, a business page on MeWe as well. I don't yes, know if you knew that. I think we do. Oh, so wait. you can have a business page. Separate from a group? They're, they're slightly different. Uh, in that, like you control a little bit more, we provide you with a little bit of analytics on top of that as well. Okay. Geared towards businesses, uh, they will be also be within the next couple of weeks open to the internet too. So if you want to have cool. a yeah have a page on MeWe on on the internet. When you say that's best, where the podcast should go and everything, it should go not on your profile. It should go on your page. On your page. Yeah. yeah okay. We we've been, we've been putting it to the group right now. But if if there's a business page, I think that makes a lot more sense because then it's like. 
uh, especially when it goes on the web, it says, come see our content, come see our community. Exactly. Right, all in one place. Yeah. Let's do it. All Guys, right. thanks very much for coming on the show. Thanks I know, I know it's been a busy conference for you, so I appreciate you coming on. Thanks and for having us. Awesome. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, man. Thank you, Mark. Good to see cool. you. Thank right, you, Jeffrey. Jay. Thank you.